Welcome to the Relational Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Thompson. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, Typically, Austin and I are either interviewing someone or having a conversation about a particular topic, but um, I interviewed my dad, who's also the founder of The Refuge, almost two years ago, and listening back through that audio, I thought it might be a good idea to share it here. The Refuge has existed for 22 plus years at this point. And we've gone through a lot of iterations and change, but what's remained consistent is our mission to help people discover God and discover healthy relationships with themselves and others in the world around us. And I thought it would be great to replay this interview to hopefully give anyone listening context about how the refuge started, why it started, and to hear a little bit more about that story. I definitely want to bring on my dad, Tom Thompson, to share here soon. Um, But until then, I thought it'd be a great idea to re-share this interview. So this is me interviewing my dad in 2020, in the middle of COVID. Hope you enjoy. Even just reflect a little bit, retell the story to ourselves. But I think, you know, when I think about the refuge, I just think back to, uh, you know, even your story of like what, what was happening in your life that kind of led up to the beginning of starting the refuge. Cause we're looking now at what 20 plus years, 20 plus years ago. So, you know, we're in 2020 now, the end of 2020. When, when was the first time that the refuge was, on your radar 1989 okay that was a little bit more than 20 years ago (laughs) that was the beginning of knowing something was coming and then that's where the luke 418 scripture came into play and what's that uh the spirit of the lord's upon me anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor heal the brokenhearted set the captives free. It was a place of healing, a place of experiencing God's love through Christ in a way that that was his, that was Jesus's personal ministry as he came out of the wilderness and unrolled Isaiah chapter, you know, chapter 61. And he read it before the people in the synagogue. That was the entry point of him on the earth to do uh, his ministry for the three and a half years coming out of the wilderness. But I, I literally read that. I even called, you know, Mark, personal friend, and shared it, and just knew that there was something in that. And I didn't understand it, but I thought, am I called to a church? Am I called to? I didn't know what the, you know, what, what that would lead to, but I knew that was an important aspect of what would be happening. And so then from there, went towards the the Naz, et cetera, and all that. So, so like, know. what was happening at the time, like in '89? Like, why? Why was this even a thing that was coming up? '89, you know, was was coming out of my brokenness, coming through Alcoholics Anonymous and my own personal journey, and then kind of the bridge between AA and the rooms and accountability to the local church. That's where that that shift went. That's where scriptures I started to really dive into the word of God started to read. And that's where, that's where that really started to 
to take root in me um, as far as my belief, my faith in the scriptures. And, and now what's this church thing all about? That was my first kind of deep dive into them as you guys were all kids and as a family. So we started experimenting with different churches and, and then that led, uh, led me to really go deeper in, in regards to taking my AA experience of the rooms, which really is just coming down to closed groups and sharing and a sponsor spending time with me, investing in me, which terminology wise, biblically is discipleship kind of led me into bringing that into the church and then promise keepers started. So all this was formation for what refuge would, would experience. Cause I experienced it and I didn't know what else to do besides what I knew and what I experienced. So I just carried on my own journey and multiplying that with others, which just happens to me. Jesus's journey, which is the 12 and, being in an authentic community and living together out truth and, and loving one another, living together. And that's where I was at promise keepers and small groups that was happening at our house once a week and men were coming and, and many groups were diversely kind of birthing off off of that, but it was real life relational connection for the first time in my life. And, and those guys, of course, you know, many of them still today, we're still with, that same group. And that was early nineties. Mm. Then that forged into small group ministry. I was with Steve. There's the small group leader of the church for the men. And then I handed that off to Ron and went and started the refuge with that kind of a formation, um, an understanding of what that was doing in my life was, was friendships, how to have friends, how to connect relationally, how to, how to walk out the word in a community together. And not from a religious standpoint, but just from how to do life. And the fruit of that was awesome. So yeah. So you're 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 able to to process some of your story and you're you're doing that through, you know, relationships with others, relationships with people through the church. How does all of that over the course of eleven years, eighty-nine to two thousand, how does that culminate into you, you know? making the, you know, taking the plunge to ultimately start the refuge. Yeah. That was the experience with promise keepers. A couple of guys. What's promise keepers was the large events based on a football coach out in Colorado that had a calling to do major stadium events with Christian men in order to take them deeper in their relational walk with their wives, with children. And they had um, different promises and they met, and the large stadiums, and then they birthed out into uh, community churches to have small groups to continue to take those same principles and live it out together in local communities. So we would go to these big events, man. They were full stadium packed. And what a sight to see a bunch of believers that are, you know, believing the same way you are, worshiping together. And you're talking 100,000 people. I mean, it was just incredible. The, just the feeling of belonging and the feeling of bigger than your own picture, your own view, your own self, even your own church to see the whole kingdom come together. was just, just an amazing feeling to be a part of something huge, um, which really made you feel a sense of pride. You know, it's like, man, we are, you know, we're a hundred thousand strong here today. It just felt great to, to be in one accord. So how did that experience 
like turn into moving, quitting your job? Well, it started with a small group that we went to one of those events. Uh, one of the guys, Scott Gary, which is still around us today, invited a couple of guys that were struggling into our little band of brothers there. We're going north to Detroit. And as we were traveling up there, these are guys nobody else knows but in our, in our little holy huddle there. So as we were going north, these guys are like, you know, a little bit giddy. Like, you know, they're looking for hope. And Franklin Graham opened the night, Friday night. You guys went forward, found literally a relationship and, and, and really were drawn to, to surrender and give their life to Christ that very first night. And then, you know, they last a couple of days and then you're on your way back and we're like, man, now what? And as uh, we kept meeting together, we kept seeing how the distraction of the world and all the entanglement of all your relationships. And these guys were struggling with court cases and addiction and broken relationships. And eventually they fell away from our small group and we couldn't find them and locate. And, and from there, that's whenever that led me to really start pondering, why did we even do this? Why do we even have outreach? Why do, why do you go talk to certain people and take them up here? What a waste of time. And I was really just pondering the whole understanding of what is a community and what are we doing? And frustrated, to be honest with you, because I just, it was it, in my mind, this is such a failure. Like, what, why did we put all this time into these guys and resources? And, and uh, on 270, I was just having that thought and that communication with God. And I felt like I was just kind of bantering back and forth in my mind. And that's whenever he dropped into me literally a, a place he wanted for these men to be drawn away from all those triggers, all that, that chaos that he could then have a place for them to find a tribe, to find a, a place of peace, a place of rest, a place away from all the chaos. And that's whenever he showed me a farm. And I was like, and then the sequence of events led me to the actual specific location. I knew it was away from busyness and chaos and all that, which lent itself to, you know, the farm of course, wasn't like an actual farm. It was a, it was, it was just a display of being out and peaceful and away from things. Um, and so just that journey went into me just kind of traveling around, listening to people around me, sharing that uh, vision of what I saw. And I was very concerned about it because I didn't want to move. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what. So I tried to get around and see other places like this. So I was doing a lot of research and searching and praying and asking and I went to visit one in Illinois um, and I wanted that to be it. So I wouldn't have to do it. So I thought, man, this is great. I could just, I could just buy a, you know, at that time we had a, I had a pretty good income. You were in private school and I was like, this would be great. I'll just buy a van. I can send people to that place and I don't have to do it. And um, it didn't work out that way with the person, the pastor out there was very much confirming that no, that's not what this is. Uh, he was saying, I'm to do it. Your mom then came to really, I thought she would be my way out. And she, she was in prayer and had a lot of peace and confirmation that, yeah, there's, this is real. And so it was almost like pulling me. I wasn't pushing. And it was like, oh my goodness, this is, this is going to be a big change. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Relational Recovery Podcast. 
We'll be back tomorrow with part two in our interview. We'll see you then.